Welcome to Major Figures in Spanish Culture, a podcast produced by Fundación Juan Marc. In each episode, we invite renowned experts to sit down and share stories about some of Spain's most distinguished figures who have greatly influenced and contributed to the advancement and richness of Spanish culture. You can easily lose yourself in the poetry of Juan Ramón Jiménez, awarded a Nobel Prize in Literature in 1956. He is acclaimed for treating essential themes like death, love, and the relation between person and nature in a deeply personal way. The poet showcased his talent at a very young age, as his first publications came out when he was 17 and 18 years old. Julio Jensen, associate professor in the Department of English, Germanic, and Romance Studies at the University of Copenhagen, is here to tell us more. In his delicate and vast work, we can tirelessly lose ourselves as in the agonies and births of a limpid music that is also infinite. This is the characterization of Juan Ramón Jiménez's poetry by another master of the Spanish language, the Argentinian author Jorge Luis Borges. The description is certainly fitting as regards Jiménez's work because it is firstly delicate. When one reads or hears a poem by Jiménez, the themes and the imagery, just as much as the musicality of the expression, are precisely that, exquisite. Jiménez's work is also, as Borges asserts, vast. Besides the many works published during his life, over 100,000 manuscripts altogether can be found in the archives of Moguer, Madrid and Puerto Rico. However, it is also vast because it treats essential themes such as death, love, the inner subjective world, the relation between person and nature, etc. Finally, this is also the reason why we can, as Borges writes, tirelessly lose ourselves in this poetry, because it dwells upon such mentioned timeless themes in a strongly personal way. In other words, Jiménez is a rare creator of pure lyrical texts that express the essence of poetry. Jiménez was born in 1881 in Moguer, a middle-sized village in southwestern Andalusia. His family made a living of the wine business and was well-off. He was strongly attached to his mother, María de la Purificación Mantecón López Parejo, who appears in his writings throughout his life. Similarly, his hometown, Moguer, will also remain a reference in his texts. Even if his poetry at times is hermetic and apparently lacks reference to the specific context in which it was written, his texts have a strong autobiographical element. Besides his mother and his hometown, also his wife, Zenobia Camprubia Aymar, will appear recurrently throughout his work. A strong tension between the particular and the universal takes place in Jiménez's poetry, and his use of autobiographical motives functions as an elevation of the particular to the timeless and universal. Thus, Moguer often represents the innocent and pure world of childhood and a pristine experience of nature. The figure of his mother refers to the specific person, but also to the origins and to the loving and tender protection that any individual needs. When Jiménez's wife appears in his writings, it is that specific person who appears, but it is also a representation of the loving and beloved partner to whom one is profoundly attached. 
These examples show that Jimenez's poetry is highly idealistic, but as will be shown in the following, it is not blind to the darker aspects of human life. Jimenez showed proof of his poetic talent at a very early age. His first publications in newspapers and literary journals of Madrid and Barcelona date from 1898 and 1899, that is, when he was 17 and 18 years old. He published his first two collections of poems, Water Lilies and Violet Souls, simultaneously in 1900, at the age of 19. Jiménez would later reject these two books as excessively ornate and rhetorical, even if they do contain, in a budding state, the main features of his authorship. His third collection of poems, Rhymes, from 1902, is a book purged of the rhetorical excesses of the previous two. The dramatic and nihilistic tone of his first two books has changed into a more serene and melancholic attitude. Let us hear one of the poems from this period, from his fourth book of poetry, Sad Airs. Is the village very far away? Oh, very far away. A flute cries in the peaceful path its sleeping and languid curfew. And throughout the autumn evening, full of dream and nostalgia, a sweet and white smoke rises from the roof of the cottage. The goats have returned, and all the sheep bells sound. Somebody calls mournfully. An early star trembles. And the music of sheep bells, and the solitary star, and the rising smoke, everything trembles at the flute's rhythm. The mist of the grove veils the distant thicket, moving away sweetly the abandoned bank. The landscape has fallen asleep, and its friendly peace is such that, looking at it, the eyes are filled with sweet tears. Is the village very far away? Very far away. Over the landscape's placid sadness, the golden moon rises. This poem depicts one of the many pastoral scenes that appear in Jiménez's writings during his first period. The poet is in the Andalusian countryside at dusk, far away from civilization, and the scenery is dominated by his gentle sadness. He experiences the evening as full of dream and nostalgia. In this way, it is manifested that this poem is a non-objective, non-realistic representation. Just as the subjective perspective is a central trait, transition is also highlighted. The poem is set at dusk and in autumn, which are transitional periods that lead to one of the poles of a cyclic pattern, day, night, and summer, winter. The last lines repeat the initial dialogue, and the poem ends with the moon rising above the landscape. The transition from day to night, which is the actual time span represented in the text, suggests the individual transition from life to death, that is, the temporal and finite condition of any person. This could in turn explain the melancholy pervading an otherwise harmonic description of a beautiful landscape. In other words, the poem describes a wonderful but impossible wish to remain in an eternal moment of perfect beauty and harmony. In this way, the poem we just heard contains the themes that will appear recurrently in Jimenez's work, the brevity of life, the beauty of nature, and the subjective representation of this world in poetry. Even if Jimenez's poetic style would change considerably around 1913 to 14, the same main themes will prevail throughout his life. 
In the usual periodization of his literary output, Jiménez is classified as a modernista in his first period, which runs from 1900 until 1913. The modernismo is a literary current that in the Spanish-speaking world is the equivalent to symbolism, aestheticism, or fin de siècle. That is, it aims at representing a world of perfect sensory beauty. In turn, Jiménez's second period corresponds to a style that he would term poesia pura, that is, pure poetry. This is a sober and abstract expression that aims at the essential rather than at the sensorial. However, before we comment upon the change of style from modernismo to poesia pura, which is the main turn in Jiménez's poetic career, a word should be said about his most loved book, the prose work Platero and I from 1914. This book consists of 138 short lyrical prose texts in which the poet speaks to his donkey, Platero. This name can be translated as silvery because it alludes to the donkey's color. In this work, he recreates the image of his hometown, Moguer, in a highly aesthetic and lyrical fashion. Both the social life of the village, as well as its natural environment, are represented ideally and harmonically. Let us read poem number 73, Nocturne. From the festive red-illumined town, violent nostalgic waltzes rise in the soft wind towards the sky. The tower is visible, solid, livid, mute and hard, in a wavering purple limbo that is also bluish-pale. And away, behind the wine shops of the suburbs, the yellow and sleepy fallen moon sets in solitary weariness on the river. The countryside is alone with its trees. There is a broken cricket song, the drowsy conversation of hidden waters, a humid softness as if the stars were disintegrating. Platero brays mournfully from the warmth of his stall. The goat must be awake, for her bell tingles tremulously first, then softly, at last it is silent. In the distance, toward Montemayor, another donkey brays. Another one, then, from Vallejuelo, a dog barks. The night is so clear that the flowers in the garden are visible in their color, as in the daytime. Near the last house on Fuente Street, under a red flickering light, a solitary man turns the corner. I? No. I, in the fragrant, mobile and golden-blue half-shadow made by the moon, the lilacs and the breeze and the shadow, I listen to the profound whisper of my lonely heart. Moist and yielding, the sphere revolves. This night scenery consists of the village fiesta, the landscape, and the sky with the moon. A true idol is represented in these lines, in which Jiménez finds himself enjoying a perfect moment of pleasure and beauty similar to the one described in the previous poem. However, a pinch of uneasiness is expressed with the solitary man who appears towards the end of the text and who Jiménez for a moment regards as a doppelganger. Immediately, however, he returns to his enjoyment of the cosmic totality that at the same time is connected to his own inner world. A correlation of inner and exterior nature appears throughout Jiménez's output, that is, a correspondence between individual and world in which interiority and exteriority, subjectivity and nature are not separated but intertwined. 
This is related to a romantic pantheism that is a central element of Jimenez's work. The poet is a person able to give voice to the natural world, and in turn, through the contact with nature, he achieves a substantial lyrical expression. Nature and the individual enter a symbiotic and complementary relation. However, in Jimenez, the enjoyment of the sublime is never free from the shadow of death. In this text, the motive of the double, a figure that appears from time to time in Jimenez's texts, can be interpreted as the consciousness of being a finite individual who will eventually disappear. Jimenez believes for a moment that the solitary man who appears towards the end of the text is himself. But even if the poet rejects this possibility, this mysterious person can be understood as the presence of a darker mood, a consciousness of the transience of beauty. This tension between ecstatic moments of fulfillment and knowledge of the temporal limits of individuality is a central polarity in Jimenez's poetry. Even at the moments of highest sublime thrill, he cannot escape the awareness of being a finite individual who is doomed to disappear. We now pass on to Jimenez's second epoch, that is, when temporal and geographical references are abandoned and an abstract self-enclosed poetic expression is pursued. This he called pure or naked poetry. Let us hear a representative poem from this period, number 122, in the collection Eternities from 1918. I know I am the trunk of the tree of the eternal. I know that with my blood I nourish the stars, that every shining dream is a bird of my owning. I know that when the axe of death strikes me down, the firmament will fall. One characteristic trait of Jiménez's poesia pura is that the representation of a scenery in the physical world is substituted by focus on a few essential, often abstract elements. In the case of the present poem, there is no specific setting. The reader is met with one central image, a tree against the backdrop of the celestial sphere. This tree of the eternal can be understood as the mythological tree of life, the center of the universe and the expression of life itself growing and propagating endlessly. This interpretation is supported by the final verse, where it is stated that when the tree is cut, the firmament will sink, thereby relating the existence of the tree to the permanence of the universe. At the same time, as the text unequivocally states, this tree is an image of the poet. The stars nourished by the poet's blood correspond to the connection established by the tree of life between heavenly and terrestrial realms. In a similar way as the stars are vitally connected to the poet, the birds are his dreams. The mentioned correspondence between the poet's creative power and nature's generative force is thus asserted in the strongest possible way. The final convergence of the poet's death and the apocalyptic end of the world repeats the mentioned consciousness of individual finitude in relation to cosmic totality. It highlights the paradox that the poet can achieve unity with nature's creative force, but is at the same time destined to disappear. However, not the whole of Jimenez's mature poetry is as self-enclosed and abstract as this poem. One of his most celebrated works, Diary of a Newlywed Poet, records Jimenez's impressions of his travel in 1916 to the United States with the object of marrying Zenobia Camprubia Aymar, 
the woman who would become his lifelong companion. Diary of a Newlywed Poet is in fact more a hybrid than a clear expression of Jimenez's pure poetry. Its organizing structure is that of the diary, that is, a series of day-to-day annotations of impressions and thoughts in the form of poems. The texts alternate between free verse and prose. Some of them are small narratives, while others carry out a play with language that makes the reader associate to avant-garde movements such as futurism or surrealism. In this respect, Diary of a Newlywed Poet is a work that for Spanish literary history represents the appearance of a poetry breaking free of its traditional themes and forms. This book is a kaleidoscope, an experiment in form and content that opened an array of new paths for poetry in Spanish. At the same time, as can be expected, the motive of love is essential for this work. So let us listen, not to one of the experimental texts, but to a love poem, number 92 in the collection. With you asleep, when I cast myself into your soul, and I listen with my ear against your naked breast to your quiet heart, it seems to me that I can discover the secret of the center of the world in its deep pulsing. It seems to me that legions of angels on celestial steeds, as when, in wee hours of the night, we hear, without breath or sound in this earth, distant trotting that never reaches us, that legions of angels come in search of you from afar, like the wise men to the eternal birthplace of our love, come in search of you from afar to bring to me, in your slumber, the secret of the center of heaven. In this poem, one continuous movement leads from the beloved woman's soul to the secret of the center of heaven. As in the previous examples, a continuity appears between interiority and the divine. Love leads to the cosmic secret, to the ideal and the eternal, represented in this poem by the analogy with the birth of the infant Jesus. The present text thus at one level expresses Jimenez's profound love for his wife, and at the same time it asserts the possibility of attaining contact with the world spirit. It is generally acknowledged that Zenobia Camperubi played a central role in Jimenez's renewal of poetic style. When they met in 1913, she expressed dislike of the ornate and rhetorical expression he was cultivating at that moment. Jimenez was aware of the literary science of the times, that is, that symbolism and fin de siècle were fading away and that new forms of expression were coming. But Zenobia Camperubi was a crucial influence in his renewal. She and Juan Ramón met in 1913 in the mythical Residencia de Estudiantes in Madrid. This student residence was an intellectual and artistic center where other Spanish luminaries of the time either lived or regularly showed up for the cultural activities that took place there. Personalities such as Federico García Lorca, Luis Buñuel, José Ortega y Gasset, Salvador Dalí, and many more were part of the intellectual and artistic milieu that thrived in this place. Zenobia Camprubi also had strong literary interests, and to a great extent it was literature that brought the couple together, because they started to translate poetry of Shakespeare and Rabindranath Tagore into Spanish. Zenobia was bilingual English-Spanish due to her American Puerto Rican mother, and Juan Ramón gave the poems form in Spanish. 
This partnership would continue throughout their lives to the point where she became his anchor in almost all aspects of life. Juan Ramón Jiménez's acute sensibility and Zenobia Camprubí's practical vitality resulted in a marriage that made him completely dependent on her. They never had children, and when the Spanish Civil War broke out in 1936, the couple had to leave to the Americas, whereby his dependency on her grew even more. In the U.S., where they lived from 1939 until 1950, she was perfectly at home, whereas his melancholy character developed towards a depressive state of mind. They both taught at the University of Maryland for some years, but they finally moved to Puerto Rico because of a medical advice arguing that it would be good for Jimenez's state of mind to be in a country where his mother tongue was spoken. They spent their last years in Puerto Rico, where they were hosted by the university. On 25 October 1956, three days before her death, Zenobia Camprubí learned that Jimenez had been awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature. In many ways, this was a triumph for her as much as for him, since she played an essential role in his poetic accomplishments. After her death, Jimenez mentally withdrew more and more from the world and was unable to travel to Stockholm to receive the prize. He finally died on 28 May 1958. His and Zenobia Camprubí's bodies were transported to Spain and put to rest in the parish cemetery of his hometown, Moguer. Many titles could be mentioned from his last years, but let us just briefly comment on the work Space, which was published in its final version in 1954. This text is a long prose poem in three parts, or, as Jimenez termed them, fragments, and it remains a fundamental work of 20th century poetry. It should have been followed up by another long poem named Time. Of this latter text we have a manuscript, but Jimenez never published it during his lifetime. In the poem Space, Jimenez recapitulates what probably is the main theme of his poetry, the longing for the absolute and the possibility or impossibility of reaching it. The first two fragments of Space display a rhapsodic representation of the poet's union with cosmic totality, whereas the third fragment exhibits a skeptical attitude towards the desired fusion with the world spirit. In this long text, Jiménez is split between being a poet capable of communicating with the universe and a finite individual unable to read the meaning of the world. This is a very complex and at times hermetic work that at the same time reads passages of sublime poetry. The final lines of the first fragment are representative of the hymnic mood that celebrates the experience of oneness with the universe. I, immense universe, inside, outside of you who are safe immensity, images of love within a concrete presence, highest grace and glory of the image, are we going to make eternity, to make the eternity, to become eternal, to become the eternal? You, I, are capable of creating eternity one and a thousand times, whenever we want to. Everything is ours and there is no end to it. Love, with you and with the light all can be made, and love, what you make, never ends. Conversely, the third fragment expresses a sense of alienation and loss of control, as in the following passage where the motive of the doppelganger appears again. Within me now there is one that is speaking, speaking, speaking now. 
I cannot silence it. It cannot silence itself. I wish to be at peace with this afternoon, this afternoon of mad creation. It does not allow me to silence it. I do not let it be silent. I wish for silence in my silence, and I am not about to silence it, nor does it know how to silence itself. Be silent, my second self, for you speak as I do, and you do not speak as I do. Be silent, I curse you. It is like that wind with the wave, the wind that sinks with the immense wave, the wave that climbs immensely with the wind. And what pain of smells and sounds, what pain of color, pain of touch, of taste, of space and the abyss. Space of the abyss. This passage can be understood as the poet's critical regard upon himself, exposing an individual split between an eye emptied out in poetic creativity and an eye desiring only contemplation. In a similar way as the poet has lost control over language, he has also lost his unity and is incapable of acting as he wishes. I cannot silence it, it cannot silence itself. The sense of unity with cosmic totality is no longer experienced, and language is perceived as beyond the individual's control. The last sentences of this passage express anguish, as if self-parody and critical self-consciousness led to such a painful state of mind. The divine poetic consciousness speaking in the first two fragments has now been replaced by an ironic and fragmented individual who faces nothingness and contingency. In this way, the polarity plenitude versus lack of final meaning appears in Jimenez's poetry from the first texts to the last. While this is an eternal theme, it is also proof of Jimenez's personality as an author, that is, an extraordinarily creative individual who gives a universal theme a strongly personal imprint. In fact, all subsequent Spanish-language poets, from Lorca to Pablo Neruda or Octavio Paz, are indebted to Jiménez's work. For the common lover of poetry, however, it is probably the more personal than emotive texts that remain in memory. Let us therefore finish with a poem of love and nostalgia that is also representative of his poetic legacy. That is, we give Jiménez the final word in this podcast dedicated to him. The Color of Your Soul While I am kissing you, the murmur creates the tree for us as it rocks gold in the sun. Gold the sun grants as it flies, ephemeral treasure of the tree, the tree of my love. It is not radiance or ardor or loftiness which gives me all of you that I adore in the waning light. It is the gold, the gold, it is the gold made into shadow, your color. The color of your soul, for your eyes are turning into it, and in the same measure as the sun exchanges its golds for reds, and you are left melted and dim, the gold pours forth, made you, from your two eyes, which are my peace, my faith, my sun, my life. Thank you for joining us on Major Figures in Spanish Culture. Next time, Susan Byrne, Professor of Hispanic Studies and Chair of the Department of World Languages and Cultures at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, will be here to fill us in about the life of Spain's most famous novelist, Miguel de Cervantes. See you next time. Thank you.